Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. This is the other side of midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Perhaps you've seen the headline and maybe your eyes sort of rolled. Maybe you didn't even take notice of it at all. But what we are seeing in the headlines these days is one of the most significant and I think one of the saddest moments with respect to American cultural history and those who like to study it. The headline a few days ago all over the place was leading museums remove native displays amidst new federal rules. The American Museum of Natural History, which is very much an institution in New York and really around the world, is closing two major halls as museums around the nation respond to updated policies from the Biden administration. What are those policies? How does it affect museums? And why should you care if you're not necessarily a museum goer? Well, we have one of the uh, foremost experts on this subject and related issues, somebody we've been kind enough to talk, who's been kind enough to talk to us before, Dr. Elizabeth Weiss. She's a professor of anthropology and the author of the book, Repatriation and Erasing the Past. Elizabeth, it's great to see you. Thanks for coming in studio. Thank you for having me. You know, uh, I know you're temporarily residing in New York. All the New Yorkers that I talk to, a lot of the New Yorkers that I grew up with, they're itching to move out of New York, to move to places like Pennsylvania, North Carolina, even Arizona. I know you've lived in Arizona as well. How are you liking uh, living in New York? Are you dodging, um, you know, are you dodging bullets every other day? How's it going? Uh, You know what? I love it. We actually are having a great time, Nick and I. Um, We, um, you know, are enjoying the nightlife and I went to see a play the other um, the other week and we've been to all the museums and just having a really great time. I also think that most New Yorkers are extremely friendly to me. I, I feel the same way. You know, one of the things that, uh, as a lifelong New Yorker, and I hope always to be a lifelong New Yorker, that, you know, frustrates me a little bit, is all these folks that I grew up with, a lot of these folks that I that I work with and see, and my neighbors, they love to get down on New York. It's so fashionable to talk about how difficult it is to live here, and how they fantasize about moving elsewhere. Real When really, I always like to point out to these people that New York is part of what made you who you are and there's a lot of people that would love to live here so i'm glad that you guys are having a uh, a good experience uh the nick you reference is your husband nick pope who's yes. also been a, a regular guest on this show who's uh, just terrific uh a little bit a lot i want to get into with you this uh this situation at the american museum of natural history is one of those things that causes some people to just raise their eyebrows and other people to not necessarily understand what the big deal is What exactly is the new policy from the Biden administration that's leading to these changes at museums, including the American Museum of Natural History? Well, it's twofold. One of it is changes that is 
that are specific to the Native American Graves Protection and Repatriation Act. And they've gone through a huge slew of changes and regulations that include things like um, requiring museums to get, um, to get permission to show any uh, artifacts from tribes, um, to, you know, consulting with tribes about how to handle skeletal remains and so forth. But the other aspect of it is the Biden administration has added a layer that is um, across board many um, different government organizations about traditional knowledge or what they call um, indigenous knowledge. And so the that is on top of the NAGPRA in this case. And basically what it means is that you have to take into account what they're calling traditional knowledge and treat it as fact, not be able to question it, and um, it will be apart from Freedom of Information Act um, requests because they're, because Native knowledge might need to be secret according to the tribes. So you're basically getting... Um, you're basically being required to get information from tribes that could be just made up. You cannot investigate whether it is valid or not. So you said a great deal there that I want to uh, follow up on. Uh, before I follow up on each of the things that you say, though, explain to folks why these halls are closing at the American Museum of Natural History. What specific policy are these museums I- adhering to? What, what What's going on? So basically... What they're adhering to is the requirement to get permission to display and keep materials um, from Native American tribes. Whether those tribes are recent tribes or ancient tribes, it doesn't matter. They're going to have to get permission from somebody to display them now. So if I have a museum, the uh, Frank Morano Museum of Natural History and Culture, and I want to have a a Cherokee display, displaying uh, information about the Cherokee, which might include Cherokee artifacts, maybe even Cherokee skeletal remains, I can't do that without getting permission from the Cherokee tribe in the 21st century. Absolutely. That's that's exactly it. But it's worse than that because... um, you would have to get permission from all the tribes in the region. So it might be as many as two dozen tribes because there's not agreement with um, who's, who's most connected to whichever artifacts. So what this means for the museum is that they're literally going to shut down two halls, take everything away from display or cover it up, and then... They're going to consult with all the tribes that they need to, which could be, as I said, dozens, and then reopen them under um, the new whatever guidelines those tribes gave them. They did this for the Northwest Coast Hall um, that reopened in, I believe, 2019. It took them five years to from going from closing the hall to reopening it. And it cost $19 million. Wow. And what you have is you have a new hall that has maybe a quarter of the artifacts. So they've taken away a whole bunch of them. But they also infu- infuse the whole 
exhibit with all sorts of superstitious nonsense that the tribes have told them must be included. For example, there's a statement that says that um, the elders have seen the spirits uh, come out of certain boxes with artifacts and take this seriously. Um, And perhaps most um, absurdly, there's a case that has a warning symbol that says um, that these artifacts are objects of power and you might want to not look at them and you're not allowed to take photographs of them because um, they were shaman's masks and therefore they could perhaps cause some um, supernatural harm. You're kidding. Wow. And so um, that's like the uh, at the absurd level. What we also don't see is the artifacts that they've decided not to put back. One of them, for example, in the Northwest Hall, includes a bird bone whistle that they've decided not to put on display because the elders have said that if you blow in that whistle, you could summon supernatural beings. (laughs) And so they decided to take this seriously and... Um, and not put it on display. This was all done before the requirement to take it seriously. And so you can just imagine how much more absurd it is when they're not going to have the opportunity to say, you know what, that's really just superstition. It might be a fun ghost story, but we're not going to take it seriously in a museum. If people are just tuning in, we're talking with Dr. Elizabeth Weiss. Uh, She's the author of the book Repatriation and Erasing the Past. Now, just to, I I clearly, you persuaded me as to the validity of your argument and why the Biden administration and these museums should not be going in this direction. But just to play devil's advocate, a lot of people who are uh, part of the these indigenous tribes might say, hey, look, why should anybody be getting to display um, artifacts, remains, anything from my tribe without our tribe's permission? If it's so important to this museum to display a Cherokee, a Navajo, a whatever tribe, um, you know, cultural history display, why not simply just get our permission and work with us so that we could come up with mutually agreed upon terms? I think that there is an argument for that um, on two levels. Um, one thing is like repatriation of remains and artifacts that are clearly linked to tr- modern tribes. However, um, and I'm not for that, but I can understand the argument mm-hmm. for it. Um, however, most of that work has already been done. By 2020, over 91% of the artifacts and remains in the U.S. and all the museums and universities that were clearly affiliated, clearly associated with modern tribes, has been repatriated. And the 9% or 85 that haven't been, it's also because some tribes don't want their materials back because they don't have storage yet mm. for it or so forth. So that work has been done. The, what we're talking about now is remains and artifacts that are not very clearly affiliated to single tribes, which makes it less of a, a weaker argument to say, let's ask the tribes. But the other thing is, One of the problems is that when you say, let's use traditional indigenous knowledge or traditional Native American knowledge, it's fine if that is part of the 
an equation and that knowledge can be tested and questioned like the other knowledge, like scientific knowledge or historic knowledge. But when you treat it differently and you say, if somebody tells you this and they are a Native American elder, you cannot question it. You cannot ask how long has this been around or how long have these taboos been around, then they could be making stuff up. And we know that they do make stuff up, as does everybody. Um, but um, it's ironic that in Biden's, um, in Biden's administration, when they defined traditional um, knowledge, they said it did not have to be passed down. So mm. what makes it traditional? Nothing. Mm. What it's basically what they're meaning when they say traditional is basically the say-so of a Native American. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all-natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. Uh, we're talking with Elizabeth Weiss about the uh, rather blockbuster decision to close uh, two halls at the American Museum of Natural History. This is amidst new federal rules, and uh, a lot of folks are saying this is sudden. The uh, executive director of the museum, uh, Sean Decatur, said what might seem sudden to some is long overdue uh, to others. Or He's the uh, museum's president, actually. Elizabeth you're an anthropologist, obviously, so you have a keen interest in this sort of a thing. Why should this matter to people that don't have your expertise and your interest in anthropology? Ultimately, who cares? Is this a debate better suited for uh, anthropology classrooms than for mainstream radio programs? I think that it, it matters on many levels. One thing is that... Um, you know, this is knowledge for knowledge's sake, for humanity's sake. But the other thing is that anthropologists teach forensic anthropologists through the use of, of skeletal remains from the past, Native American and non-Native American. And so when you're shutting down anthropology, you're shutting down the, the future generations of forensic anthropologists who help solve crimes identify crime victims, um, and hopefully that will lead to catching a perpetrator, um, you will you'll tie their hands in a way hmm. that will prevent that progress. But the other thing is that these kind of rules of um, using traditional knowledge to make decisions is bleeding out into all aspects of our life. It's not just in anthropology. They're also talking about using it to make decisions about, um, you know, certain environmental decisions related to climate um, or um, 
art museums. One of the last things, that, um, one of the most recent um, sessions on of information I went um, to on this, um, they were talking about whether it was appropriate to display contemporary Native American art that had been purchased by a museum or by a person um, without asking a tribe. So the only person that would hurt is the artist. Mm. Um, And there's concerns that this is going to lead to um, bleed onto people's private properties, um, whether those are collections or, you know, um, even, you know, sometimes land. Wow. And so we, we have to be careful not to let these kind of things mushroom into something that's going to get completely out of control. The American Museum of Natural History in New York is obviously one of the most visited museums in the world. It sees about four and a half million visitors a year. And for them to go forward with this, it really does send a a pretty powerful message. And now with these closures, you have nearly 10,000 square feet of exhibition space that is off limits to, to visitors. And Elizabeth, obviously, there's a lot of ancient cultures. There's a lot of ancient uh, traditions that are not necessarily tied to Native Americans. You have uh, the uh, ancient Romans, the ancient Greeks, ancient Asian and Chinese civilizations. Are any of those cultures, any other ancient civilizations adhering to this same policy? If they find something from ancient Rome and there's a display on ancient Rome, do they have to go to the heirs of the Roman Empire and get their permission for how to display it? No, um, no, not not really. There are a few exceptions like the Benin bronzes they're trying to repatriate to Africa. Um, there And um, certain specific artifacts like Egypt has been trying to get the um, Rosetta Stone back from England. But for the most part, those are very specific to um, specific artifacts and um and not this kind of widespread um closing and reconstructing of the exhibits i hope that we can um that that this type of repatriation or or taking back the materials um doesn't spread throughout museums and universities one of the things is that there's a trend in museums now where it's you have museums that are very specific to the location. So you go to, you know, Appalachia and you have an Appalachian museum, which is fine. But the other type of museum is what we call an encyclopedic museum, which has stuff from all over the world. And this gives people an opportunity to, you know, figuratively, metaphorically travel the world Mm. without having to actually travel it. And b- opens up, you know, people's minds and, um, you know, inspires children in a way that if every museum is just your region, it wouldn't do. 
in um, the government has given institutions a deadline until 2029 to prepare human remains and their burial belongings for repatriation. If and it is ironic that an administration that uh, came into office priding itself on science and truth is now uh, making the country take such a giant step backwards away from those things. But if people are persuaded by your argument, as I've been. What is the next step in this? Is it simply a question of uh, electing a a different president and having that president implement a new policy? Is this a a congressional thing? What would need to happen to allow these cultural institutions to have a bit more leeway in determining how to handle these displays? Well, I think that there are... There are serious problems with um, both the repatriation law, um, where it can be said to violate the First Amendment, the separation of church and state, because it basically supports or promotes only one religion. It's not neutral. It supports um, Native American religion. Um, There's also issues about, about... whether the new regulations have gone way beyond the Congress's initial um, intent. And those are the kinds of things that should be, that should end up in court. (laughs) They haven't yet. But um, I know that some anthropologists are keeping a keen eye on the Chevron case that's in the Supreme Court that deals with regulations Mm. and how uh, laws can sometimes um, morph into something that they're not intended to through regulations as opposed to going back to Congress to make changes. And if if the Chevron case turns out in the favor that anthropologists who are against repatriation um, would like it, then basically what might happen is that you would get a pairing back of NAGPRA and other such laws. I think the traditional uh, Indian uh, knowledge that is the other that law that's kind of laying over everything that is very recent and i do think that a new president that would be less convinced um, of the uh, kind of a postmodern, you know, there's there's no such thing as real science. You just have to believe what the um, elders tell you. Um, I think that that could be repealed. Uh, very interesting. You know, I, I think one of our listeners actually had me banned from the American Museum of Natural History, but I was able to sneak my way in there for a charity event a few months ago uh, when I was the guest of our, our station's owner, John Katsimatidis. He invited me, and it was a really nice event. But one of the things that I noticed as I was looking around, a lot of displays that had been there for 100 years or so, including some displays uh, celebrating the accomplishments of uh, Theodore Roosevelt, they now had plaques that almost serve as a disclaimer, saying something like reconsidering the scene. Uh, Back when this display was put together, we didn't have all the information that we do now. Now we know about more context regarding, um, I don't know the words they use, but uh, American Indian tribes and, you know, uh, American explorers or settlers. But basically it's an asterisk and a disclaimer on these displays that have been around there for 100 years. I'm just curious what your view is of that. Is that something that helps the cause of education or is that something that you take issue with? I think that it's perfectly fine to update information, but these aren't updates of information. These are basically kind of virtue signaling. Oh, we were 
we had backwards views and and now we're so much more enlightened. I read all of those. I wasn't convinced that they really gave us anything new mm. um, or or that the old information was actually wrong. Um, it's one thing if, you know, if you have a fossil and you thought it was 5,000 years old or a skeleton, you thought it was 5,000 years old and you recarbon dated and it's 10,000 and you make that correction. Sure. Obviously, but this kind of asterisk by it is is not that, and it's kind of funny when we went to the Nick and I went to the um, the Met, and um, we were looking at um, you know the the art there, and there was this beautiful landscape picture, and it had one of these asterisks on it, but it was like um, from a Native American perspective, this beautiful landscape picture that was just like you know. A, a landscape. Nothing. There was nothing political about it. Nothing, you know. It didn't have any Native American stuff in it. Just, but they had to have a Native American perspective tied on it. And that Native American was able to, um, in that plaque, in that, reinterpret this landscape to include genocide, settlers, decolonial, um, decolonization, and climate catastrophe oh, oh, you know? wow. and that's what this is these are the kind of things we see that is wild elizabeth it is always great talking with you i appreciate you uh, coming up to pay us a visit and uh thanks for you know being willing to stay up so late with us thank you so much uh dr elizabeth weiss you can check out her book repatriation and erasing the past if you have comments questions thoughts on any portion of our conversation you're welcome to give me a call 800-848-9222 that's 800-848-9222 this is the other side of midnight straight ahead Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.